Um, I want to speak with you this morning for a few moments. Now, I'm probably not going to finish uh, this series uh, today. And uh, it's dealing with areas that I believe are what I call ironclad. Say that word with me, ironclad. Ironclad disciplines that we can apply in our lives. And if we apply these ironclad disciplines in our lives, you and I will be able to accomplish what God has for our lives. We'll become the person or the people that God wants us to be, allowing his vision, his mission, and his purpose, goals, to shape us and to lead us in the way he wants us to go. These are disciplines that God, through his uh, teaching and his word, uh, gives to us uh, uh, and uh, desires for us to apply them, not just to listen to them or to hear them. And the way we can accomplish uh, the will of God, the purposes of God, is through these ironclad disciplines. Now, the definition that, as I was looking up this word ironclad, it simply means firm, secure, having no weakness. And that's, that's exactly, you know, they, they have what they call ironclad warranties, ironclad this and ironclad that. What they're saying is that this is impenetrable. They even have work gloves that are called ironclad, supposed to protect your hands. Nothing's going to penetrate or get through. And this morning, these ironclad principles that through from the Word of God, if we apply them and discipline our lives according to what they are, I guarantee you here today, the enemy will not be able to penetrate your life the way he wants to or bring you down the way he desires simply because as we read even in Ephesians chapter 6, speaking about the armor of God, we will be protected. We will have that ironclad protection around our lives spiritually. Disciplines that will help to shape our character, ironclad disciplines that will help uh, to build our endurance in serving the Lord. Spiritual discipline this morning. The Apostle Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 and verse 25, and I entitled this series, obviously, Ironclad Disciplines. And the Apostle Paul is speaking about these and. 1 Corinthians 9.25, and he's speaking to this church, and I, I, I spoke about this the last time, that they were being assaulted by many different types of cults, faiths, uh, ideas, because of their place, or oh, actually, I think I spoke about this, it means discipleship, and uh, that they were being influenced, that's what it was, by so many different cultures, because uh, in Corinth, it was a port city. And so because it was a port city, people from all over the world would come in and bring their, their goods and their wares, and they would begin to interact with the people and, and begin to even um, uh, speak to, obviously, people in, in, in the church. And so Paul wanted to encourage them, and he said, listen, you're like an athlete, and this is what he says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
And he's talking about the athletic games uh, that they had there in, in Paul's times and the discipline and, and the training that needed to take place in their lives in order for them to compete. And we get that concept of ironclad disciplines, maybe not so much in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm this morning that we need to surround ourselves with because we are in training, spiritual training. When we come to church, we read our word, we pray. There's a spiritual warfare that's taking place. And in order to endure, to overcome, and to be successful in this spiritual warfare, I want to take a look at some of these spiritual uh, uh, disciplines in our lives. Number one is prayer. That might be an obvious one, prayer. Would you say that with me? Prayer. But to some, unfortunately, to, 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 to a lot of Christians, prayer seems to be at the bottom of the list of their, their, their time during the day. Prayer seems, even though we know it's supposed to be a part of our lives, we don't discipline ourselves enough to be men and women of prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church at Philippi, and he's speaking to them about taking care in their spiritual walk, being aware. And he says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Everything, not just some things but everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That's what we did here this morning. We had a time for prayer requests to be made known unto God. It's so important that we realize the, the discipline when it comes to this aspect of our spiritual warfare that even Ephesians speaks about in chapter number 6, uh, that after, after you've put all the armor on, we need to pray. And prayer is what seals us and keeps us strong. And it goes on and says here in uh, verse 7, and when we understand the power of prayer, he says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I love that. And the peace of God. How many know that when we aren't praying the way we're supposed to be, when we're not disciplined uh, in, in our prayer life, uh, how many know that we are at, at, not at ease? We are not at peace. In fact, we are basically in turmoil. There's no rest in us. When there's no prayer, there is no peace. There's unrest. There's confusion. There's doubt. We're open to the assaults of the enemy. But here the Apostle Paul says that uh, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, in other words, even in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the harshest trial you might be facing, even in that uphill battle that you feel like you can't take another step, uh, here Paul says, uh, right through all that, God's peace will come uh, and it will keep you because uh, of prayer. This is why the enemy fights us so hard when it comes to praying, to training ourselves, to disciplining our lives. Every single one of us know what I'm talking about this morning. 
Because we could all use more strict discipline personally when it comes to prayer. How many can say amen? And he says this, you're going to keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ when your mind feels like it's going to explode. Some of you here today, you might be here and you feel like your mind is going to blow up because there's so much stuff going on, so many things that you're thinking about that have to be done that are taking place and you don't know how to resolve them. Let me tell you what, it's prayer. It's when you give those things to God and you begin to allow God to get involved in your prayer life, uh, God will keep you through his son, Jesus Christ. When we think about the ultimate sacrifice, as we honor our men and women of the armed forces and those who made the ultimate sacrifice, we have a Savior Jesus Christ, who gave his life, laid his life down for you and I, for our sins and our trespasses, that they may be forgiven and that we might have our name written in the book of life of eternity with God. This is what God says when we pray and we discipline our lives in prayer because it is the primary discipline that we need to build our lives upon. I call them new convert disciplines. There are new convert disciplines that we learn when we are first born again, praying, fasting, reading our word, coming to church. There there are certain disciplines that that we have that, that we build our lives upon, our Christian faith upon. And the sad thing is, is that once we kind of get in gear, as they say, and we've been serving God for uh, a, a certain amount of time, we feel that these disciplines, uh, these, these areas of training are not really so necessary anymore because after all, I've been saved for five years or 10 years or 100 years or 50, whatever the case might be. So I don't need to do these things anymore. Don't fool yourself. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to begin to think of. And when you begin to pull back on, on the, the discipline of prayer, and you begin to pull back on this, that, that iron clad surrounding in your life is, is, becomes penetrable. Your life becomes penetrable. It's prayer that keeps that armor together. It's prayer that keeps us protected. And when we stop praying, we, we get, as they say, a chink in our armor or a place where the enemy can launch that fiery dart, that lie, that temptation, that doubt, that anger, that bitterness, that resentment, unforgiveness, and on and on and on is when we are not surrounding ourselves in the discipline of prayer. Prayer, think about it. We love to communicate, don't we? Please, we're in church, just be honest. We love to communicate. I mean, all day, all night, we are doing what? Come on, we're doing what? We love to communicate. We know how to communicate. No doubt about it. This generation knows how to communicate. And this morning, prayer is communicating with God. Communicating with God. I wonder if God had an email address 
a Twitter account, Facebook account, uh, whatever other accounts they have out there on social media, I wonder how many likes he would get. How many would, thumbs up would he have? Or would it be like mine? One. Because <laughs> I don't have any social media accounts. Communicating with God. That's what prayer is. And while we're so busy communicating and being involved in other aspects of everybody else's life, uh, we lose out on the simple blessing and the fruit that comes uh, when we communicate with God. We should be challenged every single day. God, I need to talk to you. God is waiting for that communication. He's waiting for us to make contact with him. Because prayer is like, for us, the air, the oxygen that we breathe for Christians. That's what prayer is. And we know what it's like when you lack oxygen. You begin to become faint, and eventually you pass out. And when there's no prayer, we know there's no power. But yet, that we become faint in our relationship with God. And because of that, it begins to affect our relationships uh, horizontally. Our relationship vertically with God begins to become faint, weak, and no longer is valid, and pretty soon we are now having problems socializing with people, our marriages, our children, our families, uh, work, workmates, schoolmates, whatever the case might be, we begin to struggle. For most of us, if we're honest this morning, our prayer life is less than we should want it to be. Isn't that right? We could always improve our prayer life. All those competing agendas, all those other things that consume our mind. Before you know it, how many know the day's gone? It's time to turn out the lights and go to bed. And the most important thing of our day, we've neglected, we've forgotten about. And the results, we're weak, we're empty, we're not filled. And we begin to rely on our own strength, our own wisdom, and our own knowledge. Simply because we're spiritually dry. Our faith is lacking. No longer are we trusting God. No longer are decisions based upon the Word of God or, or the Holy Spirit speaking to us and dealing with us. Our convictions become lax. Why? Because we're not praying. And so we begin to rely on this flesh. Begin to rely on our own understanding and Pastor Edwin was preaching last week, and he alluded to the fact that God's ways are not our ways, neither his thoughts our thoughts. And when we're not praying, and we're not seeking God the way we're supposed to be, we begin to rely on our own thinking and our own ways, those old ways that got us into trouble in the first place. So prayer needs to be that ironclad, discipline, that when we apply it to our lives, there's that protection that comes to us and that, that God uses as we communicate with him to guide us and to lead us. So moving on in prayer, what, what should we pray for? Why and how should we pray? What, what, what's so important then? Can we ask God to get involved? Well, number one, the will of God. The will of God. Say the will of God with me. 
the will of God. Do you want the will of God? Do you want to know the will of God for your life? That's so important. So many times we come to church and we listen to a sermon, which is the Word of God, but then we don't go back and pray about what we've heard. We just take it in and then go out and we do whatever we do throughout the rest of the day or week, if it's a midweek service, and we don't pray about what the Word of God wants, was speaking to us. Well, you know what? That was for my, my wife or my husband or my in-law, my outlaws, my en- frenemies and all the new words that they have out today, whatever they are, it's for them, but it's never for me. See, in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, the Apostle Paul speaks about prayer, and he covers a couple of different areas when it comes to prayer. And he says this in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9, for this cause or this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That scripture says a lot right there about why we should pray. Paul thought it was important for him to pray for the church here at Colossae. And he said, we are praying for you. Why? Because there's nothing else to do? Because it's a a religious thing we do? No. He says, we're praying for you because we want you to know the will of God. We want you to know the will of God, and we want you to have wisdom and understanding concerning the will of God for your life. So the question this morning is that if we're not praying and asking God to show us his will for our lives, how are we going to know what it is? How are we going to know what we're supposed to be doing if we don't understand what it is that God wants from us? Too many people just kind of feel, especially, you know, they come to church and say, okay, God, show me. And they want, they want a, a text from God. This is your, 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 your will. They want, you know, here it is, and, and it's going to be there. And it doesn't happen that way. You have to pray. We each individually have to pray. It's a spiritual discipline that God wants us to start training in so that we can understand, have wisdom when it comes to the will of God. Because I tell you what, when we don't pray about God's will for our lives, then the will of God is whatever feels good. The will of God is whatever sounds good. The will of God is whatever is the easiest for us. The will of God is for whatever doesn't complicate my life too much. We've been there, haven't we? Because when we get down and pray and really begin to have strict discipline when it comes to prayer about the will of God in our lives, he'll begin to show us those things that we're doing we shouldn't be doing. Those areas in our lives where we are out of God's will, where we aren't understanding God's will, when we're doing our will. This is why in the garden Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, and he said, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, then let it be so, but not my will, but your will. And you see, this morning, 
Jesus was going through some difficult times and he understood what he was going to have to face. You see, the will of God involves many times difficulties. The will of God many times involves unpleasantness. The will of God many times involves sacrifice. The will of God many times involves dying to self. Now, by looking, judging by the look on your face, you guys don't seem all that excited about what I just said. Really? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I don't, uh, yeah, Bob, you know, I guess I'm good where I'm at. You know, ignorance is bliss. You know, what I don't know won't hurt me. And we go through our Christian walk with that attitude. Rather than praying, God, show me, I want to understand. Filled with the knowledge means to have what? Full knowledge. Full comprehension and understanding. See, Paul didn't want the church guessing what God had for them. He didn't want them going through life, ah, maybe, guess that, ah, said, ah, you know, this or that or the other, ah, who cares? And you know, as a pastor, I don't want you guessing either. I don't want you going through, through the motions of, in your walk with Christ, just kind of hanging there and just kind of moving along with the crowd and never finding the will of God. I want you to find God's will for your life. I want you to understand God's will for your life. Why? So you can accomplish and be successful in your Christian walk. That's what Paul wanted for the church. That's what we as leaders want for you also. See, it is possible to know what God wants us to do, what God wants us to accomplish. We don't have to wander through life hoping that your life is making a difference. I don't want to wander through life, my Christian walk. Well, maybe I'm making a difference. Well, you know, yeah, who knows? I want to know I'm making a difference. I want to know that what I'm doing is what God wants me to do, and it's going to make a difference not only in my life, my family, but yet the church that I pastor. That's important, and I know you want that too. You want to know the will of God for your family, don't you? You want to know the will of God for your marriage, for your children. You want to know the will of God for your future. How are you going to know that? When you pray. When you begin to seek the face of God. Ask God this morning to fill your life with understanding and knowledge of his will for you this morning. So you can do and accomplish what he has. Surrender your time to him. That time for prayer. We just had sign-ups uh, at our men's discipleship. How many sign-ups did we get, Pastor Danny? On, on that Saturday, we got 102, we got 102 men signing up uh, to pray, to be involved in this prayer chain that we've got going in our fellowship. Almost to the goal of 300 that, that was, is being set. 300 men praying around the clock throughout the world in our fellowship. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's going to make a difference. That's going to change things. That's going to change things. And people are now going to start to understand God's plan, God's purpose, God's will for their life because they're surrendering 
of their time, of their talents, treasures. God, I want to seek you. Give back the time that God has given to us to seek him, to pray. And what you can do is watch him begin to work in your life. You begin to see things start to change. You begin to see your mind start to open up with understanding about, wow, this is why I'm going through such and such. This is why this happened. This is what I need to understand. So important this morning. I'm going to stop because there's some more points that I want to cover, and I'll pick it up when we come back together. So if we can bow our heads for a few moments as our, our music ministry makes the way up this morning.